If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Jeff Cameron Show 93 ah, caught myself. You did. That was nice. That was very That's tiger. tiger in a backswing, yeah. baby. Where's yeah. Tariko? Unbelievable that he could do this. Nah, I got it. 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Man, I'm proud of myself. You can't do it yourself, Tariko. You're too stubby. There's no <laughs> way you can stop. Uh, uh, I'll always say nice things about Tariko because he was nice to us. He's been nice to me more than once. Once you and me at the national championship, and once, this is really, really name-dropping nonsense on my part, but that the party that I attended uh, held by Tiger's agent. Um, Tariko was there, kindly sat and talked about the Michigan uh, national championship game. I'm sure Van Pelt was just as nice, right? Van Pelt, I didn't really talk to that much um, there. He was just as nice? <laughs> I'm not doing Equally it. as courteous? I'm not doing it. Very open, like Mike? They used to be co-hosts. They're good together. They were. Yeah, they are. Whenever they work together, they're good. They're both good at their jobs. Agreed. Yeah, they're both good at their jobs. Yes. Van Pelt uh, was kind enough originally to come on the show, and we had that conversation right was after. Was he? Well, Was he, he was. kind enough? He was. But then it got a little weird. He was willing to come on He the was show. on the wrong end of a 63 to whatever ass kicking and then swore it was because we hurt the Maryland quarterback. Well, yes, and he got up all on his feels about that because FSU Twitter's like, you're crazy, dude. That's not, what are we talking about here? He and did. he thought that we were going to be an extension of social media, so shame on him. Right. Shame on him. Well, there were assumptions made, and uh, that was unfortunate. I don't know. I don't know. But that's not what I was bringing up. I was bringing up that Tariko is great and really, really fun to uh, deal with, and... Three Equally feet, as great as Scott Van Pelt. Three feet tall. <laughs> this is true. We're almost looking eye to eye when we were doing the uh, the sit-down broadcast on game day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, just to get you guys updated, if you don't want to hear, well, turn me off. But uh, if you do, uh, I'll let you know that uh, Rory McIlroy leads the way at the PGA Championship, Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A little steamy. 
little steamy. Going to be a hot one this weekend. But uh, four under, was five under, just dropped the shot. He's played 17. He's atop the leaderboard with Tom Hoagie, who has matched him through 15. Uh, all right, Tom Hoagie, you've had a nice year. Ain't nobody want to see you there on Sunday, so get this out of your system. That's two bogeys and three holes for Rory. Got to steer it into the clubhouse. Play number nine. Yeah, Let's you just, go. You just got to get in the clubhouse because here, here's the deal, by the way. As the day has drawn on and it's gotten warmer and the breeze has picked up, this course has gotten a lot harder. Anybody who went off really early this morning, that includes Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods, along with Rory McIlroy, Will Zalatoris, Matt Kuchar, and others, those guys are going to score pretty well. I don't think you're going to see low numbers from anybody teeing off in the afternoon. It's been more difficult as the day has worn, and that's why you—that's why you're saying what you're saying. You got to yeah. get in the clubhouse now. The winds are picking up. This it's is difficult. Yeah, the Knolls are teeing off in the afternoon as well. So look for them to try and get in around three, try, uh, three, even. four over par. Yeah. It, well, Victor Hovland just got in even, and I would guess if you're even today. Uh, Tony Finau posted one under. He's got to be feeling good about that. If we're looking big names, uh, Will Zauer-Torres just oh. got in at 66. You, you've got a sweat coming, buddy. Tiger bogeyed his <sighs> 17th hole, so he's three over. He's got a par 18. That's right. Or nine. Par nine. That's it. Bear down par nine. Here we go. Damn it, El Tigre. Yeah. Well, you've got to cost me money. You've got 10 to 12 minutes here, so you won't know immediately, but that score just posted, so. Bogey on his seventeenth. You know, point. you know what I did. You know what I accidentally did last night when I sent in. You bet your entire life savings. No, uh, no, no. In the pool that you and I are in together, I forgot. I think the name of the team. You know the name of my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I included Zalatoris. <gasps> he leads it. He's oh, at four under. Boy. My dumbass left him on the bench. I named the team after him. I love him so much. I'm Mr. Zalatoris. I'm the guy that's been championing Zalatoris forever. And this is his first major. His first major win, and you won't have him. Well, I mean. He's already won. It's over. <laughs> I just would have liked the 66 that he shot today. Um, Will's good, man, and he's not afraid, so we'll see. Uh, several other guys, Andrew Shoffley in the mix here, Cam Smith in the mix here, got him, got him, Abraham Answer in the mix here. So a lot of good players out there. We'll, uh, we'll have fun with this later on today. But the fun really starts with and ends with what we saw from Nick Saban last night and Jimbo Fisher today. May I retort? Uh, and he did. He did. And, of course, Nick is noting that uh, the NCAAs prohibit a school or its employees from paying athletes directly for the NIL rights. And he notes that the collective tells the coach how much money they have and therefore how much they are willing to give each of these recruits, which is directly pay for play. He's lamenting that that is the system uh, all the while asking a group of businessmen in, uh, in Birmingham to, uh, to, to pony up, pony up everybody. Uh, Listen, when you're speaking to a collective of local business leaders, it's not an accident that you bring up the game has changed and that you were bested by a former employee of yours in the form of uh, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo takes umbrage and decides today that his character has been questioned and or his ethics. I don't think that's what was done by Nick Saban, but okay. We're not going to this hour like we did last hour, play second for second of today's press conference, but this is the gist right here in the opening three and a half minutes. Here is the gist of what Nick Saban, excuse me, Jimbo Fisher had to say about Nick Saban and these accusations. First of all, I'll say it's a shame 
that we have to do this, it's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. That they broke state laws. That they're, that they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous. But yeah. when, when he's not on top. and That part's true. That part is 100% true. The part about when things don't go his way and the narcissist in him don't allow him to give credit to somebody else. Yep, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know what that goes back to? Frustration in practice when they're going head-to-head. -head. Oh, you buddy. can hear it. You can hear it. Yes, yes. He told the story. Well, I don't want to. We did it. complete the pass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not incomplete. Yeah. There, there were, and this happens everywhere, so this is not slanderous for me to mention. He told a story about how he was getting the best of Nick one day in practice, and then Nick set it up by saying what they could and couldn't run on the next series of downs so that the defense would win. And that, to this day, pisses Jim off. I'm telling you, it does. And then he changed it up on him. And completed a pass because he went off script, and that pissed Nick off. Now, that's not the re root of this. There's something much different there. No, but when he doesn't get his way, right. that's what he's talking about. Yeah, that is what he's talking about. In everything. Yeah. Always. Go ahead. Parody in college football he's been talking about? Go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. And Texas A&M. Because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. <laughs> stop, stop. We're doing a heck of a job. <laughs> These coaches have done it. We're always going to be here. It's the most flag-waving nonsense you're ever going to see. That's the best. He did it for those fans, those diehard lunatics that hop around in their stupid boots and look up to that dumbass dog. It's the best because there they are. He's like, Texas A&M is always going to be here. That's like a the siren call, right? That, that's the uh, clarion call, right? Like, let's let's cowboy up, everybody. You know, that's like he. <laughs> How much do you have in your bank account? It's a little bit of a dog whistle in a weird way. You yeah, give it to me. Yeah, yeah, you got twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Give me twelve forty-five. Oh, you really want to be his ass now, don't you? Me too. Mm -hmm. Texas A&M is here. We're always going to be here. Like, okay, all right. Here we go. He was a second away from saying these colors don't run. Very close. Very close. Because he knows that it's a perfect way to appeal to his fan base. They're all like, yes, just like America. Wait a minute. Wait a <laughs> minute. They talk like They're him. so brainwashed. Yeah. yeah. They talk yes, just like <laughs> Yes. That's right, Jimbo. That's right. What's the conversation like at a fan day between oh. the fans and Jimbo? <laughs> Oh, my God. I That's a different show in the dead of summer that we're going to do. I know exactly what that's Can like. I have this autograph? <laughs> no, they're not. I've got a more salacious a t a take on that conversation in the parking lots outside of a Texas A&M game. Uh, <laughs> How about them just saying yes back and forth to each other? Yes. 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 I think so. Me too. Yes. Yes. A great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to set our this level of ball and and say these things.
to defend the people of this organization. Of the state of Texas. Kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I know. And I, and I hate it for our that players. That he who are has personally killed four people. Look it up. He killed them. Because he didn't get his way. Coach, I'm not sure that you can uh, <laughs> you can assert that. Coach, let's circle back for a second. I, I want on the record here. Are you saying Nick Saban killed four men? I am. You can find out anything. Go look it up. He did it. In the mountains and hills of West Virginia when we were kids, he killed them. How do you think he got to where he is? Stole their playbook. Yeah. He doesn't know a thing about football. Stole it from the people he killed. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Here, who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way. I apologize to you, the people who insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, 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 I apologize, apologize to you, guys to you. for people saying. On behalf of <laughs> the great state of Texas, I'm so sorry. That there are people in this world that would insult who you are, what you represent, which is greatness in America. <laughs> Funnel cakes. Saying those things about Texas A&M, but promise you this: there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. You know, what will get curious is to see uh, – <laughs> I'm wondering, do any of those reporters or any reporters in general take him up on the offer and begin to, like, ask people to a man, well, you worked for Nick Saban. Jimbo seems to suggest that there's all kinds of salacious – Activity that has gone uh, unchecked for many moons now. Any thoughts on that? Well, I'm not retired yet, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I like to live. Yeah. That's... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Now breathing. you're saying he has that level I of like power. I like breathing. I don't... My brakes work just fine. <laughs> you think Marvin Harrison's bad? Oh. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say anything else. Marvin, one t one time Harrison. That autograph story is still my favorite at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> what did I tell you? Yeah, like, oh no! I said no. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's too good. So the uh, reverberations of this will lead to whatever it leads to. I think a whole lot of nothing, because uh, it doesn't look like until massive changes happen. Um, I mean, I guess. Two, three years down the road we're looking at? Both both men have suggested 
as did the new ACC commissioner, that the federal government needs to get involved. But most of also, when pressed on that issue, have said they're not going to. And, and I, you I, know I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> but we need them. Just like all of you. In a moment of crisis, sometimes you need them. <laughs> when it's convenient. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chad TV. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Make sure you check out the legendary team, Chad and Shannon, Hamilton Home Loans. Little uh, 844 FSU loan, right? Good call there, always. I would uh, note this, by the way. Consumer sentiment is on the minds of many, right, in that field. Uh, A lot of people not inclined to buy a home right now. A little bit lower uh, percentage of people that uh, want to go out and do that uh, for, for reasons that seem obvious enough. But according to multiple reports, home prices are forecasted to continue to increase another 26% over the next four years. If you wait to buy a home, that payment will be 26% more in four years than it is right now. Rates are still low if you look at the history of mortgage rates. And uh, in that regard, if you're thinking about it and you're on the cusp you want people you can trust. You want it to be clear, concise language. You want to know that you're getting great value. You've got people in your corner that uh, make this whole process less of a headache. Legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans that are Chad and Shannon do just that. So, HamiltonHomeLoans.com. Check them out. Also, uh, FSU, 844-FSU Loan as well. They're Knowles, just like us. So that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> the... The, the next retort, do we get it? Does Saban respond to this? He is um, he's going on a national show in the 4 o'clock hour. I think he's going to downplay it, right? He said what he had to say last night. I wonder if he knew that cameras were rolling. He had to know that. Well, yeah. I mean, what's, what's important was the message. What's important for him is the message to the boosters that were in the room, the business owners that hey, were in the room. He was trying to garner more money because, now, in this sense, if we just remove the people that have, you know, taking offense to this, uh, I would I would say that what he's done is not unlike what he's done in the past. And I brought this up to Ira today in the video we did on Warchant TV, which is to say he noted rightly that the rules in college football needed to be changed because basically of RPOs. He was talking about up-tempo offenses and run-pass options, and he was noting that in college football, linemen get away with going downfield 
on those plays, even when those plays and the option is chosen to pass. And that should be an illegal man downfield because you are putting a defender in conflict in a way that runs against the spirit of the rules, certainly. Um, you know, defenders are taught, obviously, to read, recognize, react. And when you allow offensive linemen to go downfield on a passing play, they are immediately going to assume it's a run because of the linemen downfield. So they, they're on their heels at all times, and you've set up an unfair advantage. It's not allowed in the NFL. In the NFL, you venture a yard downfield on one of those plays, and they throw the flag, and they enforce it. So you don't see the nonsense in the NFL when teams run RPOs, which they do, uh, that you see in college football. College football, they get away with it. Really, it's almost impossible for defenses to be dominant uh, against a good offense. And even though Georgia had arguably the greatest offense, I mean, defense ever assembled when you just look at pure talent, they got shredded by Alabama in the SEC championship game. It's, it's impossible for you to play that level of defense week in and week out in a game that is engineered for offense, 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 and officiated that way. You're going to have a bad day. At some point, you're going to have to uh, delve into the 30s to win a game in which your dominant defense is getting taken advantage of, sometimes by the rules, sometimes by a good day at the office for an OC, whatever it might be, right? So he lamented that and ripped it and called for action time and again, and nothing was done about it. And then what did he do? Okay, fine, we'll do it. We'll do it, and we'll win national championships doing it. And now all he does is produce first-round wide receivers over and over and over again, and he decided to incorporate it in what they do, brought in offensive coordinators that would run exactly that. And that's what they've done. And so I think that's exactly what this is. It's like, oh, okay, so listen, we all know we were all a little loosey-goosey with the rules and certain things happened, certain systems were in place for us to succeed, and everybody understood it. It's my classic analogy about, hey, Speed limit 70. I'm going 80. You're cool with that. I'm cool with that. Cops are cool with that. They see it. They're like, he's going 80. No big deal. Is that speeding? Yes. Is that egregious? Is that something we're all going to have to uh, ensure doesn't happen moving forward? Nah. nah, it's, It's all right. It's all right. Let me go 120. Now nobody's cool with it. I'm going 120 miles per hour. I'm getting pulled over, maybe going to jail. And or all the people around me who were cool with 80 are calling it in. Because I'm endangering everybody. And that's what he's doing here. He's saying, look, okay, we can do NIL with the best of them. We've got deep pockets. But the line has been crossed. A&M is just straight up inducing players, which is against the rules. This is pay for plays, players. And so is you know all these other teams around me. Letting you know, I think it's bad for the game. But since we're all realists and we want to win and I'm in front of a bunch of businessmen that can help put that kind of collective together, I'll let you know that uh, if you don't like getting bested in recruiting rankings like we just were, maybe you need to pony up. That assumes, though, that Nick Saban has only gone 80 as his top speed, which I don't believe to be the case. This is where I believe Jimbo. In order to build the program at LSU, I can't speak to now. He probably doesn't need to do it now. Well, he did when he first got there. They weren't a great program at all. Right, they had to lost sh- to Louisiana Monroe, lost to us. They power played the money the same way that Jimbo tried to power play it here. It didn't work here; it worked there. But then, I mean, come on, that dude was doing one ten to put himself in a position to have the reputation that he has now that he might not need to go that so fast. So we anymore. we always debate this. I don't mean you and me. I believe I, Jimbo I, in I, that I, regard. I don't. Well, I can't I speak think- to now, but I, Jimbo knows what happened in Baton Rouge, and I'm sure he, there's more than a nugget of truth to it. I'm sure there is. But he was a part of it. That's the best part of the whole thing. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He shut up, he, he shut up and did what he was told. Yeah. But I, and what I think, though, is that, and this is always the interesting debate, 
Fans believe that it's way worse, that all of the coaches, name any of them, are cheating much more than they are. I think almost to a man, fans believe all coaches cheat in in an egregious manner. I've argued that's not true, that the coaches don't cheat nearly as much as we think they do. You're speaking specifically of basketball, or sorry, football, not basketball? Specifically of football. Okay. But in the past, I've also brought up basketball. So, for example, I don't think Coach K was cheating on the regular. Really? I don't. I think that he magically wrestled away kids from Cal when Cal had a stranglehold on the one and done market for years. No, what I think was that if you go back to when he broke into the business, it was a very different time, right? And he started off very slowly. In the modern era, he probably would have been fired before he ever got to be the legendary Coach K. But it was what it was at the time that he broke in. He was afforded opportunities to suck for a little while before getting it turned around. He built it into a machine. And at some point, it becomes bigger than the man, the university, and to some extent, the conference and the game, right? Then now you're this shining representation of excellence, right? And so it recruits itself at that point. Every player wants to play for the best program. So you don't have to engage in the kind of shenanigans we're talking about here. I think you do initially, especially now, if you're taking over a program that does not have cachet, does not have any sort of historical relevance. So if I go in to Kansas and I turn them into a juggernaut, I cheated to do it. There's no chance I could do it otherwise. A football juggernaut. Football juggernaut. I'm sorry, I'm talking about football. Right. Um, Are there instances for certain players that you may have had to ante up? Yes, that I would agree with. Yeah, I'm saying that Coach K probably... Yeah, no, as there he was forming a player or yes, in Zion the eighties or nineties, yeah. yeah, and then now it doesn't magically go overnight with Coach Cal at Kentucky getting you know five of the top nine players. But he was one of the first to embrace the one and done, and Coach K didn't want to deal with the headache and probably thought he didn't have to until he was bested. But define the headache. It's the upfront BS you got to put yeah, up, it's, and, it's, which it's, is the cash you got to put up, right? Yes, defining the headache is right, I think, at some point. But then he still tried to handpick a guy here or there. He didn't want a team full of those guys. He would just identify, and I keep using Zion because we heard about it, but Zion. I just feel like he's dirty as the rest of them. You know, he didn't have to be top to well, bottom. all dirty. It's yeah, a dirty it's pool It's important to establish in. that, though. No, no, there, it's a dirty, dirty pool that they're swimming in. Yes, I'm not naive. I get it. They're all dirty. None of them are above board. I Now... I guess I shouldn't say none of them. If you are the head coach of an elite school that vies for national championships, then you have to get down in the muck. That's how you get the best players in the country, whatever the sport. And you build up plausible, plausibly deniable oh, roles for yourself. You certainly Like have, Nick has said that. You know, I, I'm not aware of anything. He says, I'm not aware of. Well, He's not saying we don't. That's exactly right. It's the right way to play it. Plausible deniability is very, very important. Uh, that's true with politicians who get to the highest level. You've got underlings working for you doing all kinds of illicit activity that would be abhorrent uh, to all of us. But they have to be able to sit in front of a camera or say to a reporter, I don't know of anything that ever occurred along those lines. That very well may be true. (laughs) But, I mean, it, it happened, and it happened to benefit you, and we know why it happened. And somewhere along the way, there was a person you told to make it happen, but you can say you're not aware of it. You're not sure how it got done. You're not sure how the meat is made. Got it. Um, I think 
well, I think I think what's when we get serious for even a second here. I, I again, I said this with Ira today, and it was a time to have fun and to point these things out in jest, and it's all a blank show. But I feel like this further alienates the diehard college football fan who realizes, in particular, that Florida State is not swimming in that pool. Not with the kinds of sharks we're talking about. They don't have that money. We do not have that money. And it just further frustrates us to no end, right? Now, Iris pushed back on that, and the video was good. It was like, oh, hey, hold on. There are plenty of people who want Florida State yep. to win and win big. And perhaps that money is being redirected from campus facilities and whatever else to, towards Rising Spear and others. Right. You've cut the middleman out at this point. Mm-hmm. And you've legitimized well, and If you it. work for the boosters right now, you're, you've got a tough task. Mm-hmm. You have a really difficult task. I don't envy the folks that are soliciting monies from Florida State alumni, boosters, friends of the program, however you want to describe them, because all of those people are like, wait a minute, man, wait a minute. I don't feel comfortable about this. I don't like this. But the reality seems to be that unless I give my money to this group, who's then going to be able to lure the players we need to compete, I'm right. We're screwed. We're going to keep watching five and seven. Oh, it's like being the front domino for a long time. Then you're cut. There's a domino in front of you now. Mm. There's a different one that starts the whole chain. And that's what these collectives are. These start the chain. Because if they do well and that domino falls, then the boosters will get money. Because now you need the nice things on top of the players. But the priority has shifted. I know if I had X amount of discretionary dollars. Just $500 as an example. And you were willing to give it to the program because you wanted to see the football-only facility built. And you wanted to shine and be amongst the best in all of college football. Because it was utilized as a tool to better your football program and recruit players that will allow you to be elite again. So you're like, I'm going to give that $500 to my university because I think that does need to get built. I'm in. Now you might say, I'm going to give $500 to Rising Spears so that we can get the players we didn't get in this last class, like Marvin Jones Jr. and others. And I'm a little queasy about this, so I'm going to give to the Garnet Fund because that's for <laughs> appearance fees at nonprofit organizations. Right. Whatever you yeah. do, yeah. Right. No, and that, that, it's got to be incredibly difficult to be uh, – a person calling on boosters right around now. I, I don't even know where I'd begin that call. We need things, too. We, yeah. I mean, I know we need players because our players clearly aren't good enough. But outside of that, we need some things. Wouldn't you like a movie theater? You're going to lower my ticket prices? <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron's show. Let's solve for the future. 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. That's next. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show. 93.3 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. ISF is an IT and strategy firm for 40 years. My boys at ISF and ladies have served state government and business clients, not just here in the state of Florida, but across the nation. That's how influential they've been. That's how many clients, over 80, that uh, rely on their unique skill set. Uh, over 1,500 projects served and uh, completed, thanks to ISF. 
and they understand that, uh, look, you're in state government. You have big ideas. You have a vision. You'd like to do amazing things. You have goals, and you work hard to make those things happen, and you need somebody to help you navigate the challenges inherent in government operations. That's where ISF comes into play. They help you solve for the future. Strategy, process, technology. Utilizing those three components, it's key. It's how they help you. They've done it at ISF for decades now, working with state agencies just like yours, taking on those projects and challenges across a a landscape of technology that is ever-changing, to be sure. So 40 years in business will tell you a lot about what a company is and their success rate. ISF, ISF ISF.com, check them out. We're proud to be partners and proud to be solving for the future with ISF here on the Jeff Cameron Show. I don't have an answer. Usually we try to utilize this particular uh, feature by saying, hey, well, this is what has to be done on a relevant subject matter of the day. And I think there is something that Nick Saban said that is accurate and that a lot of the fan base of college football would like to see happen, which is to say the enforcement arm of the NCAA, which has proven to be impotent and seemingly helpless in this situation, they would like it to have teeth again. They would like it to matter. They would like it to be uniformed across state-to-state, university-to-university, athletic department-to-athletic department, and they would like some of the existing rules on the books as it pertains to NIL to be enforced. But there is the fear of litigation, and he's right about that because the Supreme Court basically said nothing. No, no, (laughs) you can't. And so those antitrust laws really do prohibit. Yeah, this is an interesting conversation because – Nick Saban is saying one thing, and I think Jim Phillips is saying something else. And these are power brokers. Now, I'll grant you, Jim Phillips doesn't have five cents to Nick Saban's dollar when it comes to power in college football, specifically. But Jim Phillips, as somebody who is on the NCAA Transformation Committee, has quite a lot of pull with the organization of the Mm -hmm. NCAA Mm -hmm. itself. I find it interesting that, in a way, Nick Saban was bending the knee to the NCAA in his address and talking about all those things. I don't blame the NCAA as strong language. He could say the NCAA is useless. He could have said that just as easily, and people would have said, yeah, you know what, you're right. So it's almost like Nick Saban is okay with the NCAA weaseling its way back in atop the world of college football, whereas Jim Phillips is saying, how about we spin it off to the CFP and let the college football playoff run this thing? So it sounds like you have two divergent viewpoints Nick thinks that institutionally the NCAA can, in fact, run maybe, college football. Maybe. Jim Phillips says it should be yeah. the playoff. I think he was talking a little bit out loud, just wanting help, wanting something to be done. I don't know if he cares, really, that it's the NCAA. He said the NCAA, but I don't think he thinks that they're the ones that have to do it. I He just wants something better than what they have because he doesn't believe this current model is sustainable. And I agree with him. It's not. And... You know, I think when you heard Phillips talk and he mentioned that the conference is policing themselves, well, that's fine, but there have to be rules that are enforced unilaterally that all agree upon in the Power Five for that to work. Well, the conversation is, and you bring up this point a lot, you have to have the Steinbrenner conversation with the powers that be in the SEC. Yankees can't play the Yankees. I think the Big Ten kind of gets it more than the SEC does. Now, maybe that's just because we're in the South and so we hear from SEC types more often, but... It might be really good for you in the short term to not come to the table. Correct. It will be. In it the will long be. term, yeah. But it won't be in, in 10 years from now. It won't be good for you because it's going to further regionalize the sport. The ratings are going to go down. Right. And so your next contract in 2035 or whenever it is, however long you sign a deal with ESPN for, is going to be for peanuts compared to what it is now. And that's the point that they have to see 
in order to come to the table with the other power brokers and, and make something happen here because it's not just about solely NIL. It's not solely about the transfer portal. All these things go together, and it has to be one big meeting, like Vatican II. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a terrible joke, but uh, even I won't cross that line. Hey. Um well, Which I would if we were just standing here. The together. fans are the children in this uh, equation. But, so uh, sure. Yeah, no, no, it was too easy. It was too easy. Come on. Now, here's where I'm going. We can solve for the future. The Pac 12 did it today, and I think the ACC will do it tomorrow or sometime very, very soon on the heels of those meetings in which it was alluded to. The NCAA Division I Council announcing yesterday that it's going to relax restrictions on college football conference championship games, meaning that you can take the two highest-ranked teams from your conference and have them meet in the championship game regardless of the division they're in. And Phillips addressed this and said that they were just waiting on their 50-50 partner, ESPN, and they were basically asking them if it's a good idea, if this helps enrich the pot a little bit more for the ACC, I guess. The bottom line is it sounded like it was already agreed upon by the vast majority, if not all of the teams in the ACC to rid themselves of divisions. Yeah, now if I'm ESPN, I'd say, so I'm paying you more. Why? Like, okay, we can get a better... We're doing sp- something different. <laughs> yeah, right. We can put a better sponsor title or title sponsor with a better value in your championship game. That's great yeah, because getting, it's more well, valuable. The argument but- is you're going to get a better championship game because you're going to have the... Guaranteed to have the two highest ranked teams in your conference competing for the title. Right. So that championship game can be sold for higher spot values, yeah. but, I mean, what? What's that going to be compared to your yearly take-home? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't think it's a, an appreciable difference. He's just looking for a little bump, Tom, just a little bit a of A nice bump. little bump. Just a little bump. That's going to be a very nice just bump, that Comcast bump here, deal. man. That's all I need, a little bump. Well, if if that means that the ACC will go to the three three five or three five five model, Let's go. then we should not be paired with Clemson. Well, okay, so that's something I brought up before, which is that this will not be fair to all of the teams involved, especially as you look at what you would like the natural, I say the natural, the most enticing matchups that you would like for Florida State if you're projecting for TV ratings and money brought in by great games would be to pit us against Miami and Clemson. And hell, for that matter, if you'd like, I know you might want to say Georgia Tech, but you could turn right around and say, yeah, truthfully, I'd rather Florida State have to play Clemson, Miami, and Virginia Tech every year because those are the teams that are most likely to be ranked in the top 25 when they meet. I'd go dead opposite. you got to play Miami. That's fixed. Yes. But I'll go Georgia Tech, something like NC State or North Carolina yeah. because you want to ensure that you have the best chance possible that those brands face each other for the title not in the regular season. That's I agree the whole with point you. of the I agree exercise. With you, but it didn't look like that was what people were prospecting. That didn't right. seem like that was the road we were going. And that's down. not just good for us and convenient for us now, which I get that part of it. But if this thing, if you truly believe, even in the NIL era, that these things go in cycles, that's good for Clemson too down the road. It's not just only about us. Yeah, no, I think Clemson would agree with that. Because nobody wants to see Clemson and Pitt again. I'm sorry. That's not going to garner the extra TV interest that you're looking for, ideally, if you're the ACC. It might be a good matchup with a bunch of draft prospects, but that's not going to get the ratings you're looking for. The ratings are in Clemson versus Miami for the ACC title, Florida State versus either of those two teams, Virginia Tech in the fold. You don't want to give them less of a chance of being there at the end of the uh, the end of the season. I propose that we bring the great brand, iconic brand, you might say, Tom, of Florida State football to great cities like Boston and Syracuse, New York. I believe that the best way to ensure that we spread the love and the joy of ACC football and its iconic brands is to ensure that those brands visit outposts like Boston and Syracuse 
perhaps maybe Georgia Tech. Maybe the, maybe the three teams we need to play are in Atlanta and Syracuse and Boston. Hey, listen, if it's Miami, BC, and Syracuse, you could just call it the Big East schedule. That's <laughs> what we've got, the Big East schedule. That'd be pretty nice. Admittedly, uh, I would love for us to be paired with it and never happen. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's just my personal longings. I'd love for us to be placed with Pitt every year. First of all, I love the city of Pittsburgh. Secondly, I like that campus and I love visiting Pittsburgh. So if we had to do it every every year, that'd be fine. every other year that'd be great with me. But that's not what's going to happen. Of course, this past year we wouldn't want to do it. They're eleven and three, seven and one in the ACC. Yeah, nobody wanted that nope. noise. Nobody wanted a piece of pit. ACC champions. Get that wrong in trivia. Who won the ACC last year? A lot of people put Clemson. Wouldn't the even think only twice. Only two ACC teams to win eleven games a year ago: Pitt and Wake Forest. Now that is oof, the answer. Jeez, that is the answer. <sighs> only two. Get us out of here. Well, that's our fault. That's our fault. Here we are, like a bunch of a-holes, five and seven, four and four. Hey. Down here, swimming face down in the muck with two and six in Conference Syracuse. We got to 500 in the ACC. It's we an did. accomplishment. We're climbing. We're 0-1 against the FCS last year. But we're, well, actually, we're 1-1, right? Because we beat UMass. So 500 like there, too. Like a drum! So with the ACC... NFCS, we're 500. There you go. Go see my friends at ISF, ISF.com, the website. Read more about how they solve the future at ISF. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues. Wrap it up momentarily. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. that time God, show flew by today too much fun too much fun i hope jimbo doesn't have the press conference tomorrow let's hit some probables tommy if you would it's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probably brought to you by north florida payroll services locally owned for nearly 15 years offering payroll hr services including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll save your company money headaches and headaches today. NorthFordaPayroll.com. Yanks O's 6-5, Baltimore, bottom of the six. Jordan Montgomery, Bruce Zimmerman, 2-0 San Diego over Philadelphia. That's you, Darvish, Kyle Gibson. They're in the sixth as well. In the seventh, Cleveland and Cincinnati tied at one. Tyler Mahal, Cal Quantrill. 2-0 Kansas City over the White Sox. That game is in the bottom of the second. Vince Velasquez and Carlos Hernandez. Cardinals Mets top five. Three to two Cardinals. Oh, great. Dakota Hudson, Chris Bass. I looked uh, just a moment ago. It was 2-2. Two, two. Max Scherzer out six to eight weeks. Damn it, man. Just need it for the postseason, buddy. Get your, get your butt to the postseason. B-500 when he comes back. That's the goal now. Uh, you will be. 
Mariners, Red Sox. Speaking of Mariners, Kyle Raleigh with a shot to the upper deck the other day against your uh, Metropolitan. And he went oppo yesterday in Toronto. Yeah. Good for him. He yeah. looks the part. He does. Looks comfortable. See, that batting average looked the part because yeah. the power is yeah, there. The power is there. Mariners, Red Sox, George Kirby, Rich Hill. Also in that ballpark in right center in, in New York, there's a glass building. If the balls were live this year and not dead, he might have broke the window. That would have been awesome. D-backs, Cubs, Zach Gallen, Marcus Stroman. Buckos beat the Cubs last night. That's good. Rangers, Astros, Glenn Otto. Hey, I'm Glenn Otto. Welcome to Glenn Otto. Fromber Valdez goes for the Astros, and that is a look at those the showers out of the bump. Put together one hell of a Tom Waits playlist this morning, Tom, if you'd like me to forward it to you. It's fantastic. Do you have to clear your throat after you listen to a certain amount of Tom Waits? Because if I sing along? Just in general. It's like, man, that is gravelly. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Yeah, well, you know, you go to the early Tom Waits, and he sings... um, with great clarity, and, uh, and then it's later on after seven packs a day, all day. <laughs> we want to thank Marcus for his contribution to the program. Oh, did today. I miss it? I missed it, Marcus. Thank uh, you, buddy. He's just saying we've got a lot more sound bites now if we want them from old Jimbo. Appreciate you, Marcus. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I missed it. I'm not always looking at that there stream yard. Jimbo, it's just that's one thing. He's got more of a gift for the sound bite than Mike does. Mike doesn't have a whole lot of sound bites in him. Well, he's, I mean, Mike speaks sensibly. <laughs> right. But also, like, you know, the the phrase in all aspects is just not something I want to hit very often. Over and over and over. It's funny, too, because I would think, um, you know, all these guys have to go back, I would think, and look at their press conferences to a certain extent. The image you project matters, so you're probably going to want to do that. And I would hope that somewhere along the way you'd go, mm, I got a verbal crutch. Or... Maybe I need to switch it up a little bit. Jimbo never really has. The only thing I'd ask is that when in doubt, please don't shout louder. That's all. And that's more of an off-the-camera thing. Like, you always have to be the loudest dude. He has fun doing that in, off-camera. He doesn't do it on Always. Camera. Every day. Somebody's walking by, hi! And you're like, dude, you know, the first time, maybe. But what are we doing? Um, I don't know what that's about. I don't know either. It's a strange bird. But he's very organized. And hopefully, he's taking us to a bowl game this year. That's what we're. That's what we're hoping. Hopefully, for. he's tampering right now. Yeah, I'd love for somebody said it on the chat, and I don't disagree. It would be great if we got accused of cheating. I mean, I would like for Mike to hold a press conference in which he has to fight off and fend for this program after a prolific signing class. I'd like him to have to sit up there and explain the unexplainable. How Florida State, after a 5-7 and seven campaign, signed the number one class in the country. Obviously, we all know why Jimbo is incapable of doing that. But the play in that moment for him is to hold the press conference and start laughing. What do you want to know? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we're just that good. Yeah. And then just keep smiling at the camera. Well, he looks so defensive. Thou protest too much. Fits here perfectly jumping up and down, screaming from the mountaintops that you didn't do anything wrong, tells everybody exactly. Just stare into the heart of the camera and go, we're very convincing here. What you can do is what he hinted at several times, which is say, we didn't break any laws. (laughs) That's all you got to do. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Thanks so much. 
for watching and listening. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Alive Asians Friday. Woohoo!